If you've ever been to uh, a wedding or a baby dedication or a baptism or the Lord's Supper, the way those events should go is it should be an understanding that y'all sitting here aren't just navel-gazing. You're not just here just to be completely checked out. You're here for a reason, right? And what I want to do in the time remaining is to make sure that you acknowledge that God's put you here for a reason, not just to, you know, mm, yes, good job, quite good, quite good, but to actually understand that you have a fundamental, essential part of what's happening today right? If you're just here because you're just casually observing, then you're completely missing it. And, and I'll actually say you're biffing it, right? And sorry to step on your toes. Some of you don't know me. Hi, I'm David. Uh, I preach here. Uh, but listen, this is a message that we want to come in and say, hold on. This is something that all the church needs to wrap around, right? If you're a Christian, if you believe in Jesus, then you are a part of the church. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there's something here that directly connects you. But there's also something that's happening with these graduates, how we're responding, that should actually ripple into a posture in all of our lives, right? We're going to talk about that this morning. If you're new here, if you don't know me, if you don't know anything, I just want to welcome you. I'm thankful that you're here. We're thankful that you're here, right? And we're, we're a church that cares about seeing King Jesus glorified. We're a church that says we want to worship together passionately, connect with each other authentically, grow to know the Bible deeply, and go declare the gospel boldly because Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth because he's with us always. That's why we're here. That's why we gather. Welcome. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at John 15. If you want to grab a Bible in front of you, if you can handle the temptation of being on some electric one, that's fine. But we're going to read God's Word together, because it is such a huge waste of time to gather if we're not going to look to King Jesus and we read His Word. So that's what we're going to do today. Grab John 15, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get with it. Father, thank You for what You're doing here. Thank You for Your love for us. God, may You be glorified. May your spirit pierce through any distraction, any, any tensions that are here, anything that would keep us from hearing you, the, the world, the flesh, the devil, anything that would prevent us from hearing your word. God, I pray that your spirit would pierce through that in the name of Jesus Christ and that we would hear your words as we read Jesus. We see your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen. We're just going to get with it. Um, I, uh, sometimes I've got an intro and all that. No, we're just going with it. We're just going to read the Bible. Is that okay for that to be our intro? That's where we're going. John 15, Jesus speaking. He's speaking to his disciples. And this is important because so often when Jesus spoke, he was speaking to groups of people. And so when you see words like you, or, or you see things that might feel individual, don't let your Western individualism corrupt you. He's talking to us, our, those who would be his disciples. So here's what he says. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We're going to stop there. I was going to go to verse 11. I would encourage you to write that down. Read to verse 11 later. We're going to stop there. Over and over, about 11 or 12 times in this chapter, Jesus uses this word that stands out over and over. Do you know what word it was? Abide. Abide. Anyone know the Greek word? Super geeky people in here? Mino. Say Mino. 
Mino, it's a fun word. It's easy to remember, right? Abide. Abide has a very interesting idea in the Greek. You know, you think about abide, you're like, you're, you're maybe with something, you're, you're dwelling there. It has this idea of timeliness. You're continuing to do it. It's a time thing. It's an ongoing thing. But it's also location. Like, you're abiding here. Carter's abiding there. Mike's abiding there. There's a, an abiding to this location, right? But then there's also this, this uh, intentional, personal idea of continuing to be. I am continuing to be this thing. I am continuing to have this posture. And Jesus says, you abide in me. You abide. You're with me. It's both a time thing. It's a location thing. It's a personal state of being. You're choosing to be identified by King Jesus. And he goes even further than that. Jesus goes on to say this kind of offensive phrase. He's, he's giving this whole analogy that he's the vine, right? He's the root. He's the source. He's the big thing. And y'all just branches. All y'all listening, you're just branches. That's it. You can do nothing is what he goes on to say. If you know anything about planting, I'm a terrible gardener, right? Um, we're not very good at it, but I know things about pruning. And sometimes like tomato plants, you pull things that stink so that the other plants, not literally stink, but they're not working, right? You pull certain vines and then other ones grow and they produce more fruit. Jesus is giving this idea that you exist for a reason. Each one of you, you exist for a purpose. You're not just an island. You exist to bear fruit. What does that mean? Well, Jesus goes on to say, it's, it's obeying me. It's following my commandments. It's abiding with him. You were created to abide with Jesus. That's what you're created for, right? And he goes on to say this interesting thing. I am the vine, verse five. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. That person's going to bear much fruit. You want to know what you're supposed to do in life? Abide with Jesus. You think you're bearing fruit? If you're not abiding with Jesus, maybe you're not. Maybe all the fruit of your life, the, the metaphorical thingies that you do, your stuff and things. Just think right now, maybe close your eyes for a minute. What are my stuff and things? My nine to five, my school success, my future plans, what are they? Jesus goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. That Greek word nothing means nothing. It's actually the opposite of yes, right? And so when Jesus says, says, let your yes be yes, your no be no, that's the same word. No, let your no be no. If someone says, hey, should I do this? No, no. Are you talking to your dog? No, right? That's this word. It means no. So apart from Jesus, you can do no. Nothing. Here's why that's important. That sounds like cute, funny, haha. He just talked about dogs. Here's the thing. What are you doing in life? What is your plans? And, and stop, catch me. Y'all think I'm just talking to these youngsters sitting here. I'm talking to all y'all, right? Whether you're 18, 19, 20, whether you're 25, whether you're 35 and you've got to figure out you're 45 and you're smarter than me because you got 10, 12 years on me, whether you're 55 and you're above all this because your kids have graduated, you're 65 and you're the elder here, the 75 years old, I don't care how old you are. Jesus says you're not doing nothing apart from him. And that's not a message just for the young people sitting right there. That's a message for every single one of us. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. You abide in him. How can Jesus have the audacity to tell me, look at my something? I mean, some of you, come on. I mean, I know we're in church and we're supposed to be humble and kind, but be real. What are your stuff and things? What have you done in your life? Maybe you're a parent. You're like, I, I just sent this kid out. You see him? They're graduating. That's what I did, right? <laughs> Jesus saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so now, hold on. Well, let's take a minute before we get all offended. Maybe it's possible that you don't know what you don't know. And maybe it's possible that there's an entire world of things going on that you could be missing. 
if there is a hundred percent knowledge here, what percentage of all the knowledge that could exist do you know? Maybe the smartest person here could get what, 30%, 40%? What about the 60% you don't know? Maybe God is everything. Maybe Jesus is everything. And when he says, abide in me and apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe all of a sudden, all the stuffs and things you, you add up, when you die, which you don't know about, you don't know when you're going to die. I'll do some of your funerals in the next few years. You don't get a chance to decide that. When you stand before the Lord, you don't get to say, but I did this and I did this and I did this. Because he says, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing, nothing. How's that for an uplifting graduation message? Stay with me. Stay with me. Jesus, just before this in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, the last words he said before he left, he says right there, up there on the banner, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all things I've taught you. And remember, I'm with you always. The same Jesus that says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. You're just the branch. If you want to bear fruit, you only do it through Jesus. We all have things we want to do. This is a great Sunday to consider plans. Some of you can remember. How many of you here have been 18 or 19 and graduated at some time? Yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. Come on, like look around. Come on, come on, come on. Like, right? All of you had this time in life. Some of you are in that time right now. You're 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85. Who's on the spectrum? You know, we're all, there's all kinds of old people here, right? You're all there. And some of you would say, I've arrived. I've figured it out. I've done these things. What are your plans? What are your plans as a great grandma? What are your plans as a great aunt? What are your plans uh, at the new job as, as a retiree? What are your plans as a parent now that your kid's going off? Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think it's interesting that we, we walk into these things and because of our culture, because of the ways things are structured, we're so busy and so hurried to think about our stuff and things. What we got to do, what I'm about. And then you read these words of Jesus and they're so uncomfortable and unfamiliar to us. What if he's right? What if Jesus means what he says, that all the stuffs and things that we're all about, that apart from him, it's nothing. Now the world looks a little different. Praise God that he's given us this direct word to think through. Jesus knows that this is going to be hard. In fact, in Matthew 11, Jesus speaks directly to this. He has some famous verses. Hear them. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. His yoke is easy. His yoke is light. What are your stuff and things? What are you doing? Because some of you, you might even say, I can't focus on my career. I can't focus on my kids. I, can't. I got all this junk in my life. Things are just weighing down on me. Uh, the addictions, the pain of other people, the hospital visits, the bad diagnoses, whatever it is. As these things burn, they weigh you down. Just as I can't, I can't step. I can't breathe. I can't go because things are going on. Jesus says, abide with me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He goes on to say, his yoke is easy. Jesus' yoke is easy. Jesus' burden is light. How does Jesus burden easy? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. In fact, later on when Jesus hangs on the cross, he says, the last words he utters, you know what it is? It is 
finished. What is finished? Jesus died on the cross to defeat Satan, sin, and evil. He took on all the evil of the world, all the corruption, all the sin in your life, all things that separate you from God, all these things that distract you, your stuff and things. Jesus took it on and died for it so that we could abide with him. This is where he can say, hey, apart from me, you can do nothing because everything you do apart from him doesn't mean anything in a world that's fading. What lasts is King Jesus and his eternal kingdom. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. I wasn't sure if... You can talk about yoke stuff and carrying stuff and these burdens. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this analogy, but we're going to do it. Maybe it stinks and it doesn't land for you guys at all, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, Shelby, where's Shelby? Boom. Shelby, come here. You know what this is, Shelby? Say it like you mean it. Yoke. It's a yoke. Can you pick that up for me and carry it like right here? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, stop, stop. What's that? <laughs> Hold on. How'd that, how'd that feel? Um, it's okay to say it was heavy. You don't, you don't need to embrace it. Not as heavy as I Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's I mean, it's, it's some stuff. Let's, yeah, that's good. High five. You did a good job. Let's, if we got to go there, or even if we got to go to, you're going to Springfield, right? It's actually that way. Spring Vegas. If we got to carry it to Spring Vegas, right? That's, that's going to take more than the two and a half, three hour drive. It's going to be a while, right? Let's, uh, it was Lee Idol. Lee Idol, come here. Tisha, Tisha, Caleb, Donald. Where's mom? Mom, this is important. Hey, can each one of you grab one of those plates and pull it off? Oh, I see what's happening. Wow. And uh, uh, mom, get up under here with her. And if any of you got free hands, grab this. And let's all work together. Let's carry it. Let's carry it this way. We're going to carry it across the room. Let's go. Just stand up with it. Yeah, you got some, Caleb? This is good. How's this feel, Shelby? Well, it's too tall for me. Yeah. Oh, God. All right, we can sit down. We can sit down. Good job. You guys set those weights down. Was it easier? Ah, duh, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me dumb questions, David. I get it. It's clear. You guys can sit down. Thanks. Hey, here's why this matters, right? Um, some analogies speak for themselves, but this is we're going to unpack this hard because this is really important for all y'all to hear, right? Um, Donald and Shelby might not be the closest people, right? They might not be best friends that go out and get burgers and stuff all the time. Donald, do you love Shelby? Yes. Yeah, you're eternally connector in Christ, right? Mom, do you love Shelby? Tisha, you love Shelby? Right? Okay, there's something about carrying a yoke with other people that's easier. Duh. Right? I mean, it's come on, you're dividing the weight amongst yourself. God never intended for you to be alone. Jesus is talking to a group of people. The whole of scripture is about a new humanity, an eternal kingdom, his church, his body working together. How does Jesus make his yoke easy, his burden light? He's given us his spirit. He's given us a unity together in him to carry things together, right? Shelby carried the yoke and she could have just got strong. You kind of got more and more yoked and strong. and ooh, Boom, big beefy. She could have done it and got stronger, but eventually that gets heavier and heavier. Has anyone in here had a load they couldn't carry? Come on, be real. Like, stuff's tough. But then you see these people surrounding and helping. Now you got something different. Listen to these words. I'm, gonna, I'm about to throw out a lot of scripture, right? Maybe you can write these down. They're going to be on the screen. Don't let this fly by. We're doing an overview here of something that Paul went on and on about, something Jesus was mentioning, because it's important to understand. Galatians 6.12. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him with spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. 
I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling, of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain, to preserve, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your, uh, belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13. For just as the body is one and has many members, you got a body, it's got different members, right? You got a shoulder, you got a knee, you got toes, whatever, right? Just as a body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Jump down to verse 26. If one member suffers, all members suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Romans 12, 4 and 5. For as one body, we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of it. Joe, throw up that slide that's got some quotes from each of these verses. Kapow! Galatians 6, bear one another's burden. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4.2, bearing with one another in love. 1 Corinthians 12.1, you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. Romans 12 and 5, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of it. You are not meant to live alone. You are not meant to be alone. You are not meant to be an island. Do you hear me? Like this is, I mean, Paul spent a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of his entire life writing to these churches and, and almost every single thing he wrote, he's fighting. You are one. You are intimately connected with each other. Quit letting these stupid things divide you. Quit getting all caught up on meat offered to idols and, and all these tensions you have with circumcision or, or masks or vaccines or all these stupid things that rip you apart because there is one God and there is one Father and there is one King Jesus who's unified you together and you need each other. So look to Jesus together. Bear each other's burdens. This is what Paul says. And he's pulling this directly from Jesus. Because he's heard the teachings of Jesus. He knows Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And thank God that we have the church. This is the church. This is what the church does. We grow in the unity of Christ together to the maturity of Christ. We bear each other's burdens. We were created to share life together. Listen, evil wants to isolate you. The world wants to isolate you. Your flesh wants to isolate you. The great desert fathers and, and, and all these people who wrote all through Christian history, you can look it back from thousands of years ago to most recently, they talk colloquially about the world, the flesh, the devil. And the scriptures use these phrases, the world, the flesh, the devil. It's a crash course in that. The devil is against God. It's an evil force that wants to pull things away from God. He wants to destroy, to distract, to bring chaos. 
That's what evil does. Constantly tempting us with sin. The Bible says evil's crouching at your door. It's going to devour you. That's evil. It wants to isolate you and pull you away. Your flesh your flesh says, you ever feel embarrassed? You don't want to confess something? You, you get by yourself? You, you, you have a bad diagnosis and you don't want to share it with people because you, that vulnerability is weird? Evil wants to, your flesh wants to isolate you. Evil wants to isolate you. Your flesh wants to isolate you. The world wants to isolate you. The world wants you to say, no, no, no. This isn't, this isn't good. This isn't good TikTok feed. This isn't good Instagram. Make yourself look good. Pamp yourself up. You do you. YOLO. This is all about you. Whatever the common mantra of the day is, like, it's all about you. Take care of yourself. Isolate. Only think about yourself. Orbit yourself. That is completely foreign to the kingdom of God and the world of the Bible. Evil wants to isolate you. Your flesh wants to isolate you. The devil wants to isolate you. The world wants to isolate you. And the Bible tells us over and over, no, no, no. We're one. Bear burdens together, bear burdens together, bear burdens together. Jesus is saying, abide with me. Y'all, abide with me. You're doing it together. Abide with Christ together. No matter how heavy it gets, we're doing this together. You're not meant to be isolated. But those are things against you. The patterns of the world, the flesh, and the devil pull you away, isolate you. And maybe you feel that. Maybe you're ignoring that because it's all about you and you got your life figured out. Thank God that he's put you in this room for a moment, watching from home for a moment to poke holes in that ego ideal because you're not meant to be alone. It's not meant to be all about you. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. This message applies to everyone in the room. It applies to, to the graduates. I mean, did you know uh, some nerdy statistics for you? Uh, I got a degree in this stuff, like in, in uh, young adult, adolescent development, youth ministry things. That's what I studied in college. And back then, the statistics were, some of you think I'm a kid, so saying back then, like last year, it was, you know, it was a while ago, but, you know, 10, 10 years ago. So uh, when I was in college, just starting out, uh, 12 years ago, there's the math, um, Listen, we were talking statistics then that looked really bad about kids who graduate, right? Right now, the statistic most recently is 66 to 75% of young adults completely abandon their faith between the ages of 18 and 25. And some of you whose kids have been in this situation, you relate to that number. And not, not, to, not to hurt your feelings, not to call you up, but you relate. You say, man, man, uh, my, my kids have struggled since they're gone. And so then some people with that statistic have been really studying and they say, what, what helps what helps these kids stay in their faith? You know one of the number one things that helps kids stay in their faith? Look around. Just look in the room. People in here that aren't their parents. In fact, statistically, if they have four to five people on their team, in a relationship with them in the church, that's what helps them connect with their faith more. Why? Because the world, the flesh, the devil wants to isolate them. This message is for the graduates. Who's on your team? Who's walking with you? Because it's not just you. There's so many things that want to pull you, that want to isolate you. Who's on your team? Who's seeking Jesus together with you? But this message for the parents, right? Listen, look at me, parents. If your kids are graduating, if your grandkids are graduating, like, look at me. Hey, in this room, raise your hand if your kids have already been through this season once. Raise your hand high. Yeah, yeah. Listen, some of us have already been there, right? You need, you need these people. We need to walk through this together because this is a hard time. I don't know what it's like. Gosh, I got four young kids. I, I've done youth ministry long enough in life to know these, this is hard. There's a reason why Tish is crying. There's a reason this is hard. It's hard when these seasons change. I can't imagine being like, hey, kids, good luck. Your frontal cortex is barely fully developed, but hope you don't 
go and end your life in the next year because things are really hard in the real world. It's so hard as a parent. But apart from Christ, you can do nothing. And he's given you a room full of people to walk through this with you. This message is for the church member. Man, maybe you're sitting there you're like, I don't have a graduate. I'm, a just, I'm, not, I'm not here. This is for you because we need each other. You have things coming. You have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. You have no idea what Tuesday is going to bring. You have no idea what July is going to bring. You don't know what 2023 is going to bring. But apart from Christ, you can do nothing. We need to bear our burdens together. This message is for everyone here. If you're not a church member, if you're not a Christian, thank God that he's put you in this room to hear the gospel, to hear that only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one is made right before God except through Jesus. Nothing in your life means anything apart from Jesus because one day you'll die and everything goes away. All your stuff will be sold at a garage sale and in 100 years, no one will remember your name. But Jesus, Jesus will remember your name. You can spend eternity with Jesus. You can spend eternity doing something that he created you to do in a right relationship with him because he's the way, the truth, and the life. We must abide in Christ because apart from him, we can do nothing. Do you know Jesus in this way? Maybe you're sitting here and and that's just, I don't know Jesus at all. Man, thank God that he's put you here today. You can give your life to Jesus. Your eternity with him can start now. You can say, I trust in Jesus. I, I, I didn't realize that apart from everything was meaningless and, and the Spirit's moving in me right now and I see the aggregate of all the junk in my life. It's meaningless apart from Jesus. And maybe now this is your time. Don't let today go by. Don't let it be just another Sunday, just another graduate service, just another time you heard a preacher just get excited and flail his arms about and read scripture. Don't let that be this time. This is your time to look to Jesus. Praise God that he's given you this moment. Maybe you know Jesus and you've just gotten apart from this bearing burdens, this community of Christ. Maybe, maybe you have a healthy community. Here's a question I want to ask you, whether you're a graduate, whether you're a parent, whether you're just a church member, whether you're not a church member and you just, you just happen to be here today. God, here I am. What you got for me, preacher man? Here's the question I want to ask. Who frequently asks you, how is your relationship with Jesus? It's going to be on the screen here. Yeah, Boom. Who asks you frequently, hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? Make, make eyes with someone across the room right now. Just look around. Make eyes with someone. It's okay. Don't be worried about it. And say, you need me and I need you in Christ. That's okay. We'll do it again for the introverts who are a little slower. It's okay. Make eyes with someone and say, you need me and I need you in Christ. This is the church. Sorry it's uncomfortable. Sorry if I've stepped on a whole bunch of toes here. Praise God that you're here and you're hearing it. Who asks you frequently, how's your relationship with Jesus? Because if apart from him, you can do nothing. If the world and the flesh and the devil are trying to prevent you from abiding with him, if you have all these patterns and schemas that are around, that are breaking that community, if you can't carry the yoke on your own and you know you can't, then who's asking you? Who's walking with you? Church, when you see these students standing up here, When you pray over them, as the Spirit moves, I need you to find them and say, I'm going to be on your team. You don't even know me, long-haired boy, but I want to be on your team. I believe that Jesus Christ has something for your life because apart from him, you can do nothing. And I want to be on your team because they need you. I've been their age before, and I've biffed college. I've biffed so much of my life, and thank God that he has me here, and he's done so many things in my life that I tried to screw up, and this is going to be the same for them. They've got the world, the flesh, all these things, and Jesus says, abide in me. Apart from me, it's so simple. Abide in every way you can. Be with me, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Who in their life asks them frequently, how's your relationship with Jesus? It better be you. 
Hear me, church. If you're a church member, I'm talking to you, and this is as hard as it's going to get on you today. It better be you, because their fate is our fate. We are eternally bound to them. It's on us. Parents, look around. There's a room full of people. Who frequently asks you, hey, how's your relationship with Jesus? If you're not a believer, thank God that there are people here that will ask you, how's your relationship with Jesus? Here in a minute, we're going to move into a time of response. And this is, this maybe, this is like drinking from a higher fire hose for some of you. Maybe you're used to, to Lutheran services or Catholic services. I don't know what you're used to, right? And you're just like, man, this guy just got up and yelled. He's throwing his hands and he's saying these really harsh things of Jesus. God put you here for a reason. God wants you to hear that apart from Christ, you can do nothing. And it digs in my heart because I know there's people in here that are going to tune it out. They're going to miss it. You're going to be just like I was. You've heard it a thousand times. You're 35, 45, 55. You've got it all figured out. This is just grad Sunday. It's not just graduation Sunday. Every single person in this room, apart from Christ, you can do nothing. And if you don't have people in your life that frequently ask you, how is your relationship with Jesus? What hope do you have? Because the world, the flesh, and the devil are trying to pull you away from Christ. There are so many things that are trying to pull you from Christ. When we have this time of response, if you feel so led, if you need someone, if you need someone in your life, start praying, God, send someone to me right now. Send someone in your spirit to be moved by you to come and say, I'm on your team. If that's you, you just sit there and pray. And I promise you, I'm going to call it out. God is going to put someone in your life today. It's going to happen. Pray for it. If you're looking around and God's spirit's moving and you see someone across, you don't even know that fool. And you're like, hey, I need to be with you. I need to be on your team in Christ. Go talk to them because we all need Jesus. There's not a single person in this room. I could talk so long about this because I've got people in my life every other day that I text and say, I'm still getting angry with my wife. I still have temper tantrums. I still struggle with these things. And I text them and they pray for me. I need those people in my life. You need those people in your life. So maybe during this time response, that's you. You're just praying, God. I need people to ask me how Jesus, my relationship with Jesus. I need the church. Maybe that's you this Sunday. Maybe you don't know Jesus at all. And you're hearing for the first time, for the hundredth time, apart from him, you can do nothing. He has all authority. This morning, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to give your life to Christ. Not because I told you to, but because God's put you in a place to hear his gospel. And he's welcoming you into his eternal kingdom. One body, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one Father who's above all in all, through all, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Maybe church member, you know right now as you're hearing me talk, I got to go tell that kid I'm on your team. I'm not, I'm not trying to be weird. I just, I feel led to be on your team. Can I, can I shoot you a snail mail or a Facebook or whatever you do? Like, can I reach out to you and let you know that I'm on your team and ask you how Jesus is going? I don't know how the spirit wants you to respond. I do know that God wanted each and every one of us to hear this morning that we are either abiding in Christ or we are apart from him and doing nothing, useless nothings. He has all authority. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to pray, and we're going to have a time of response. You move as you need to move. You ask people to come. You, you go to someone. You come here to give your life to Christ. Whatever, whatever the Spirit leads, may his word bear its weight on us. Read John 15 one more time. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, they bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. God, I pray right now that your spirit would move 
as we have such an emotional month of graduation and tension and May tends to be so busy and hurried in all of our lives, God, we open our hands right now. We ask that you would guide us in how to respond to your word. God, show us how to commit to bear each other's burdens in you, in Christ, in the power of your spirit that you've put in us, unified us together. God, guide us to be bold to surrender to you, to give our lives to you. I pray for those who don't know you. I pray for these graduates as they go on, that you would surround them with a team, with a people that says, we are the church, we are with you. So many words, God, we trust you. I pray your spirit would move beyond all the things we could even speak in prayer to you, God. We trust you. Guide us in this time response. Amen. Respond as you need as we sing.